At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning, City Lights. How are we doing this morning? All right, let's try that again. There's two people happy to be in the house of the Lord. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you guys today uh, and, and just excited for what God's going to do uh, during this service. As I pull the notes up here, we're going to get rocking and rolling. Man, thank you, praise team, for ushering us into the presence of God. I'm, I'm always so grateful and thankful when a, a, a team of individuals gets together with the gifts that God has given them and they usher us into the presence of God. And, um, and thank you guys and your pastor for an invitation, allowing me an opportunity to come share with you guys today. I'm really honored to be a part of this church service. I've known your pastor for a long time, and I remember the day that he called and, and told me the vision God gave him for this church, and so I really feel like I'm part of this church, and if I wasn't a pastor at another church on Sunday, this is really why I would come call home for me for my church, because I believe in what God has called this church to do, and the vision he's given your pastor, and, and the team that he's putting together to not just impact the city of Clinton, but Anderson County and East Tennessee, and, and far beyond, like Pastor Payne said, globally, so just uh, just excited. So just a, a couple a couple clarifiers. I just want to get this out in the open. This is, this is how I roll. If God would use me today, they would say, uh, you know, share something that would encourage you or motivate you. Go ahead and say amen or say hallelujah. I believe that church is fun. I believe that we get together, we gather to, to bring God glory. But I also believe it's fun. Like we shouldn't come in here and, and dislike being what we're doing this morning. This is exciting to be a part of church. So, man, feel free to just, man, join in, jump in. And then also... It's a spiritual gift of mine. I've got a spiritual ADHD. And so if I'm talking and, you know, we're just going about it and all of a sudden it's just like that, you know, squirrel. So if I'm talking on something and I get way left field talking about the Super Bowl or like Papa John's wings or something later, I'm, trust me, I'm gonna, I'll bring us full circle and we'll get back into the, the, the I'm a real of sin. So today we're going to talk about a taste of grace, like the song we just sang, a couple of them, man, just a, a, a beautiful word that 
that I want us to just dig into and, and, and unpack a little bit. So we're going to look at grace in three ways this morning. We're going to look at God's grace towards us. We're going to look at our grace towards others, and we're going to look at our grace back on ourselves. And so uh, I, I want to just start, I'm pretty simple, with a definition of grace. Grace is God's goodness towards those who deserve only punishment, giving man the exact opposite of what he deserves. It means unmerited favor. God didn't have any obligation to impute our sin on Christ or Christ's righteousness on us. It was just because of unmerited favor that God did that. And if you're going to take away one note or one, one drive-home topic from today, let it be this. Grace was God's idea. God came up with grace. God gave us grace. God shows us grace. God teaches us grace. You know, but a lot of us, we walk as though we understand the term grace, right? We see, you know, two different gods. We see this mean Old Testament God and this really nice New Testament God. But grace and redemption are on every page of the Bible from start to finish. It really doesn't matter where you pick it up. You'll see it there. And Scripture is not broken down into the Old Testament law and, and New Testament grace. It's really, you know, four themes in there. We see creation in the fall in the first three chapters of Genesis, and we see the ultimate restoration in Revelation. But grace and redemption from God are on every other page in between that. And so it's more than just what we perceive it to be. Um, and so we get, we get mixed up, and we think as though we know the term, right? We, we talk about how the bank gives us a grace period, or, you know, the, the credit card company cuts us some extra grace, or a politician falls from grace, or uh, a musician speaks of a, a grace note, or an actress uh, is gracious, or a dancer is very graceful, whatever that is. We use it in, we talk about baby girls' names, or church names, or, you know, pre-meal uh, prayers. We all say, hey, who wants to say grace tonight at dinner? So we talk as though that we understand what grace means, but I love this quote that Perry Noble said. He said, when grace is preached in its purest form, religious people get angry and sinners get set free. And that's what God is going to do today because there's some of us in here that have, have this misconstrued idea of, of what God's grace is. And God is going to, man, my prayer is that God is going to show us today his meaning of grace so that we walk out of City Lights Church today changed and set free. And so as I was writing, this, uh, writing the sermon down and, and praying for it, uh, God, gave me this, God gave me this idea, and, and, and I shared it with some of the volunteers earlier. So if you've been at City Lights for any length of time, you've heard this. We'll meet you where you are. Exactly. We'll meet you where you, you are. And so that is the living definition of grace, that, that we will come alongside you no matter what you did last night in the pulling in the parking lot today, we'll come alongside you and we'll meet you exactly where you are. So, man, hats off to you guys for being a living definition of grace in a culture that's really not driven by that anymore. And so if you're a note taker, we're going to jump right in and look at God's grace towards us. So God doesn't need us to make grace any better. You know, we can't get more grace by working harder by trying harder. Anybody remember in school where they had the floating scale? Like if you got a D on the test, you prayed everybody else got a D because if enough people got Ds, the D could all of a sudden become a B. Like that's not how grace works. It's not on this floating scale by how good you did. You know, you can have 
the crummiest day ever, man, lose it in the office, flip the copy machine over, kick the dog, you know, run over the flower bed when you pull in the driveway. Or you could have the greatest, most spiritual holy day ever where you literally feel like you could walk on water at Norris Dam, right? Like, like if there was 13 disciples, like you would have been it. You know, it, it doesn't matter which end of that spectrum you fall on, you know, it's grace is equivalent on all those spectrums. And so uh, as we look at 2 Corinthians uh 12, 9 through 10, they're going to pull it up on the screen for us. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sakes. For when I am weak, then I am strong." And let's be honest, does that sound like a lot of us in this room today? Man, we're facing difficulties. We're facing, man, a whole bunch of whirlwind coming on, tax seasons coming, and, you know, man, just the world seems like it could be falling apart around us. And so this is a time where we need to lean into the grace of God and not lean away from it. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Prepare your minds for service and have self-control. All your hopes should be for the gift of grace that will be yours when Jesus Christ is shown to you. You know, if our relationship with God was, was dependent on us being perfect, man, we'd, we'd all miss it. We wouldn't, man, we wouldn't even go and have coffee with God. We'd just miss it that far. And Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. But let's be honest for a second. You and I tend to focus on, you know, what we do, how good we do. Uh, we tend to focus on how much we give or how much we serve or how much, you know, how, how good we are at work or, hey, I met this deadline. And that's what we focus on. But God is, is more interested in who we are and in, in where we are and what we are. That God loved us that while you and I were out sinning, he sent Christ to die for us. Ephesians 2.5 reminds us that even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And I don't know about you, but that is some good news, that, that God sent his son to die for us to give us this perfect gift of grace, that no matter where we are, what season we're in, the 13th disciple or the crummiest kick the dog day, that his grace is sufficient for us for that season to help us grow, to help us learn how to be more like him, to help us walk through that, that season, to get to the next level, get on the other side. It's just, it's beautiful. And we got the Hebrews 4.16. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that may, we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And what I love is, is the word confidence. We need to approach the throne in confidence. We need to approach the throne with boldness. We need to come there as though we believe and that we receive the grace of God, that we believe we will walk in victory, that we believe we're walking under an open heaven, that we, that we believe that the blood of Christ is enough for us to just make it through whatever that season is. So let me ask you a question. Do we believe the Ephesians, Corinthians, Hebrews, the scriptures that we just talked about today? I mean, absolutely. If, if you've been in church, man, you would say that the, the word of God is perfect and without error. So we believe that. So why do we question those things so many times? You know, 
Why do we say God loves me but? You know, God loves me but I could work harder. God loves me but I'm not great in this area. You know, God would love me more if I did this. God loves you, period. God's grace is sufficient for you, period. There's nothing that you'll do that's going to change that. Grace does not say that I am what I am on my worst day. And we we pick up the story of of Noah, and we see everybody knows Noah, whether this is your first time in church or you grew up in VBS and and the whole deal. We know that that God called Noah to build this boat. He said, it's going to rain. Noah said, what's rain? God explained that to him. He built this boat. God said, hey, grab your wife, grab the kids. They must not have been teenagers, or I'm sure he wouldn't have said grab the kids. He just would have said grab your wife and leave the teenagers behind. But he told them grab the whole family. He said grab two cocker spaniels, two giraffes. I know he didn't say get two cats, but he said two by two, and they grabbed the animals, and they walked onto the ark. God shut the door. And this great story of how God used this man to change the world, to save creation. And, and we also see in Genesis this time where you know, Noah got off the, the boat at the beach, and I'm assuming there was palm trees and the whole deal. And he planted a vineyard, and with that vineyard, he harvested grapes. He took the grapes, and he made wine. And uh, Noah got drunk, it says, and it says that he laid in his tent bug naked. He didn't have any sense about him. And so we, we can read that in the story of God, but that's not how we remember God because, uh, remember Noah, because God, God chooses us to show us more goodness of what Noah did than this one day that Noah got drunk and slept in his tent naked when his kids came in, you know, playing Xbox. And that's what, that's what God does in our stories. You know, even though we all blow it, we all sin, fall short of, of God's glory, you know, God doesn't choose to take that one moment and say, well, I'd give you grace, but, man, back in September, you, you blew it when you ran the red light. Man, God focuses on his creation in us and what he's called us to be because God's love for us is not based on our performance. It's based on our position as his children. So why do we try to make deals with God? Why do we try to earn his grace? If we all agree that God's grace is sufficient and his arms are open to give us grace. But let me ask you a question. What, how is our position? Are we, are we coming to God like this or are we ready to receive the grace that God wants to give us? You know, it's the perfect story in Luke 15 of, of the prodigal. Man, the guy blows it, does the deal, you know, shouldn't get grace, but gets grace. Man, comes running back down the road after he's been at the, you know, the casino and did the whole deal. And he's running down the road, and we see this father. We see the father running to the son, not waiting for the son to run to him, but the father is running towards the son with his arms open. And that's what God is doing for each and every one of us today. No matter how our day started, no matter how yesterday ended, no matter how 2014 ended, no matter what goals we didn't reach, no matter, man, no matter what happened, God is right now running towards us with open arms, ready to give us grace. Grace is a gift that costs the giver everything, but doesn't cost us as a recipient anything at all. You know, people say, well, hey, Pastor, doesn't grace just give us this license to sin? You know, let me tell you something. I don't know about you guys, but I don't need a license to sin. I do that very well on my own. I don't need anybody to give me a green light to sin. And so, you know, all of us do that just fine. But here's my argument, that I believe that when you get saved, you get this new heart. And I believe with that new heart, your want to changes. My want to today 
is different than before I gave my heart to Jesus. Today I want to be a better husband. Today I want to be a better father. Today I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better member of church. I want to be a better person in my community. You know, my want to changed when I accepted the grace that God gave me and, and changed my life. And so, you know, man, when, when it's not a license to sin. Man, I believe when you accept Jesus as your Lord, man, your want to changes. So, you know, man, grace is not this excuse for us to stay in sin. Man, grace is the reason that each and every one of us have an opportunity to get out of that sin that we're stuck in. So the second point, if you're a note taker, is our grace towards others. Our grace towards others. So let me ask you a question, City Lights. How well do we do this? How well do we give grace towards others, especially the way that we live today in our culture today, right? It's, it's fast and furious, and when we're running to and fro, and everybody's got activities and functions and events and work schedules, and not to mention most of us, if you're like me, want our life like Burger King, right? How we want it, when we want it, custom-made, drive-through fast food, instant gratification, the whole deal. And so when we show grace towards others, it's really about saying, I will lift you up. I will, cover you, I will cover you, I will share with you, I will walk with you through this season, I will honor you, I will stand with you through this difficulty, I will consider you and your, your needs more important than my own, I will celebrate with you. And we see this in 1 Peter 4.10, and they're going to put that on the screen for us. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God opportunities to do that show up every day in our life, right? The clueless driver that many of us encountered on the way here, right, that cut over in front of us, and we really wanted to not extend grace, but we, you know, we should have. Or how about the critical spouse, and please don't nudge the person next to you right now that, you know, that they always know how we should do this and that and the other thing, or, you know, man, your best friend mouths off, or the rude customer that's somewhere in line, or if anybody has a teenager that's full of entitlement, right? All those are opportunities for us to give grace towards other people that God has divinely placed in our life, because I don't believe that, that, that relationships and opportunities are just coincidence. I believe that God every day maps out where he's going to have us go, who he's going to have us talk with, how we're going to engage with him. And each one of those are opportunities. Are we going to show the grace back that God has given us onto others? Or are we just going to be like this grace hog and just try to soak it in as much as we can get it? So a question for us today is the level of grace that you are showing or living drawing people towards Christ or pushing them away? Is it drawing people towards Christ or pushing them away? great quote by Henry Ward Beecher said, God appoints our graces to be nurses to other men's weaknesses. And so, again, let's look back at, at City Lights. And I just want to read this to you because, again, I think, it, I think it speaks to us as a church of giving grace towards others. It says, we are a new church starting in the city of Clinton. A motto, if you will, that has quickly developed in our churches will meet you where you are. That means at our church, you can feel comfortable as you explore your journey with God. We are very intentional about building relationships with people wherever they are in life. So regardless if you're a lifelong Christian, someone who is seeking out spiritual things, or anywhere in between, you're welcome at City Lights. Man, that's an opportunity every moment for us to take that motto of City Lights Church in our 
families, in our communities, in our workplaces. Man, there's some students in here, man. Take that back into your hallways, in your schools as you're going about your days. Man, give that grace back to people. William James said, The deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. Man, all of these opportunities that we have are like these little fingers of grace that just allow you an opportunity to touch someone. And, man, can I tell you, you don't know when that one moment that you stop and extend grace back to someone who really doesn't probably deserve it in that moment could change their life, could change, man, change how they see Christ, could change, man, how they enter their home after a day at work. And, man, they might have been going home mad, and they were going to be that guy kicking the dog. But, man, you showed them grace, and, man, it just put a smile on their face. And instead, man, that dad came in the home with, with a renewed spirit for his house that day. Man, we just don't know. And I get it. Man, I get that showing grace to other people is not easy. Man, I, man, I know. I mean, you may be saying, hey, Pastor, look who I'm sitting by. And I get that again, man. Don't, don't nudge them. Talk about raise your hand. That's the pastor's talking about you today. That's not what we're trying to do. Man, and we all, man, we all meet people who are barely saved, right? We all know them people that have come to our life that, man, man, close. If you could lose salvation, they're real close to losing salvation. Right there, man, they just need extra grace, though, right, man? We all need extra grace from time to time, and I know that we're not all just perfect in our homes and in our workplaces, and, and that we all need that moment of extra grace. So, man, let's give that out to the people that, that we encounter. Let's look at the cross if we want to talk about giving extra grace. You know, man, when Jesus was going to the cross, man, what was he doing? He was extending this radical grace to the people that were killing him. You know, man, hey, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, that's a perfect image of how we should give grace back out to others in James uh, chapter 2 verse 13 for judgment will be merciless to one who has shown no mercy mercy triumphs over judgment listen man let's give grace let's give mercy let's give love let's not judge people this is something that I believe could make a huge difference in in our communities every day if we all just tried something new if we tried something new, man, when new people came into City Lights Church, what if all of a sudden we did, didn't give them this to-do list? Like, hey, you need to do this. You need to get a Bible. You need to, man, button your top button up on the shirt. You need, but we just let them get comfortable. We just let them start come alongside us, build some relationships, man, get to know us, know who we are. You know, hey, we said, hey, don't start, don't do this, don't do that. You know, hey, you need to start doing this. But we just let them follow Jesus because when we let Jesus work on people, I mean, he does a pretty good job of helping people get their lives back in order if we give them a chance to come alongside Jesus and start that relationship with him. You know, when, when people fall down around us, and, and man, they do all the time, uh, you know, man, every, everywhere is these opportunities, people fall down. What if we didn't grab a committee and start disciplining them? You know, man, what if we didn't grab 14 elders and come alongside them and just say how, man, how horrible they were, they fell alongside. But what if we just picked them up, man, extended a little extra grace to them during this moment and celebrated the steps that they just took a few weeks ago by getting baptized or coming to the church for the first time after they had been done wrong by another church or whatever that is. You know, and I'm not saying, don't hear me say that we don't help people progress in their walk with the Lord and, and, and follow what the Bible says, and we try to grow to be, you know, better in our walk with, with the Lord. But we see that in John 8, when Jesus was with the woman that was caught in adultery. You know, Jesus didn't, didn't man, get down on her and, and do one of these numbers in front of her while they were getting ready to stone her. Man, 
after they had left, he walked alongside her, man, helped her up. Man, I'm, I'm guessing knowing Jesus gave her a big hug, said, man, I love you first of all, but hey, why don't you just go and sin no more? You know, man, he helped her see that, hey, there was an area that you're stuck in, just like we're all put in positions to help people around us walk out of and walk through. But he did it in love, and he did it, you know, not in the public eye, and he did it, you know, in, in a relationship with her. And so what if that was us, that, that we had an opportunity uh, to do that for us? Ephesians 4, 29 says this, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Again, that's what we're talking about, grace towards others, an opportunity in a moment that something not negative, not critical, you know, not uh, condemning will come out of our mouths, but of encouragement of, man, it's okay. Hey, man, I love you. Man, I'm here to walk through this with you. Man, in that moment that we would use that uh, to, to help those who would hear. Um, how about this, uh, Hebrews 12, 15? And I think this is really going to sum up for us today. See to it that, that some people, or see to it that a few, uh, it says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. That means that in our comings and goings, we're to give that grace to everyone who comes in our contact. That's the ugly person at Food City who stole your buggy. That's the, that's the horrible person who took the last Diet Pepsi off the shelf when you know you need a Diet Pepsi that morning. That's the person that did one of the maneuvers in the gas station as you're trying to get to work, but you need to put $5 on pump three in, and they pulled in in front of you, and you got away. Listen, that's each and every one of those people deserve the same amount of grace as the next one you're going to come encounter with us. Okay, our last point that we're going to talk about today is our grace towards ourselves. And I don't know which one of these areas that, that really that, that God is speaking to you right now and asking you to work on. It could be accepting His grace a little better. It could be working on how you give grace to others. Or, you know, for me, it's always, it's always giving grace um, towards myself, giving back, you know, back to myself. Because I'm quick to say, you know, hey, God loves me because, or, and I put these stipulations or the little, you know, the little asterisk that's always by everything like, hey, if you take this medicine, you'll have these 712 side effects. And, you know, it's like, man, I've just got a runny nose. Like, I'm sure I'm not going to lose my feet because of this medicine. But they put them on there. And that's what a lot of us do as we look at giving grace back to ourselves is, is we look at, you know, this because. Eugene O'Neill said this, man is broken. He lives by mending. The grace of God is the glue and that's that glue that puts them back together. We see 1 Corinthians 6, 9 uh, through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor abusive, nor swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of Jesus. Can I tell you something, man? Our activities don't mean our identities. So listen, man, if you blow it in one of those areas or one of the other hundred areas that we could talk about today... I mean, don't let that keep you from giving grace back to yourself. Listen, man, none of us are going to walk this, this perfect walk 
this perfect line, this whole deal. Man, we're all going to miss it from time to time, slip up. Some of us are going to miss it more than others. Um, but, you know, man, when, when we do, man, be quick to give grace back to ourselves. Because, man, without, without Christ, it just said, man, we were justified and washed and sanctified because of the Spirit of God. Nothing that we've done on our own. So, man, let's cut ourselves some slack and give ourselves some grace. Romans 3, uh, ver, uh, verse 24 says, All need to be made right with God by His grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. So let me ask you something. If we believe that, why do we have a hard time accepting it? If we believe that, then why do we have a hard time accepting it? If someone gives you something free, is it hard to accept? If someone walked to you and said, hey, I got this brand new car, would you have trouble accepting that? If someone comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor, I'd like to take you to Long John Silver's for lunch today. I'm jumping in the car with you. We're going, getting hush puppies and the whole, them little extra crispy things. We're just going, I'm not going to have a hard time telling you no. So why do we have a hard time, man, accepting that free gift of grace back on ourselves when we blow it? Ann Labatt, man, she's a great blogger, said this. I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. Listen, man, none of us need to be reminded of our failures, of our missteps, of where we blow it, of, of that whole deal, let alone be reminded by ourselves of those things. Man, we all have this voice inside that calls out everything that we're ashamed of, everything that we're guilty of. Man, it's just like, man, this self-talk drains grace, man, just right out of us. So just for one moment, how about imagining letting yourself off the hook? Letting grace flow into that hurt, into that area, into whatever that is for you. Man, that we just stop dwelling on the past and we just look forward to, to the future that God has for us. Because, uh, don't miss this, we have a choice to be free if we want to. We can walk out of here today, not changed, not giving grace back on ourselves in that same prison cell that we came in here with, whatever that is. Man, to walk out of here still a prisoner or we can give grace back to ourselves that we just learned was a free gift and walk out of here in victory and in freedom with our life changed and we don't ever have to walk back in that prison cell if we just let ourselves off the hook today. So what are you going to speak into your life? What are you going to speak into yourself? How are you, how are you talking to yourself? What's your routine when you get out of the shower and you're doing your hair and, and shaving or whatever you're doing and you're looking in the mirror? Man, are you saying, hey, man, Man, you, you're so, man, you're so bad that you did that yesterday, or, man, I can't believe you had that thought, or, man, God, man, you blew it with your wife, or, man, man, you just messed up with the kid, or whatever that is, or you say, hey, man, today's a new day, man, God's mercies are fresh today, God's newness is, is, is good for us today, His grace is sufficient, how are you talking to yourself in the morning, because, man, you have a choice of how you're going to walk in each and every single day with what you speak into your life. Robert Brose said this. He said, grace is knowing that there is nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you could ever do that would make God love you less. So why do we play these comparison games? Why do we compare ourselves with the person sitting next to us in the row in front of us or the guy that shares the cubicle at work next to us? You know, man, oh, they're the best and I'm the worst. Or, man, it doesn't matter. Listen, man, we compare ourselves most of the time to their highlight reel 
And we pick our worst case, you know, bloopers film every single time that we look at that. Man, the grace is the same for all of us in that season. Man, we feel guilty like God doesn't love me. Can I tell you something? Guilt guts grace. Guilt will absolutely just gut grace to the core. But, man, grace equals that guilt is gone. Man, you don't have to be guilty about any of that stuff anymore. Um, We see in Isaiah 64, uh, verse 6, we don't need to clean ourselves up to get saved and taste this grace, right? Like it says, and all of our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. So it doesn't matter really how good you do anyways or how hard you try or how many, man, Sunday school classes you attended as you were growing up. Or, man, I did VBS 72 years in a row. And, man, I'm the founding member of this Bible study. Listen, all, all of those good deeds are like filthy rags because God gives that grace freely to us. It doesn't, man, we don't need to add those pieces up to get there. And so some of us in this room today need to be let off the hook. Man, I don't, I don't know what that is. Man, man, some people next to you, man, maybe your spouse or kids don't even know what that is, but you know what that is, and God knows what that is. Man, I'm giving you permission today to let yourself off the hook. Man, choose today to walk in, in freedom, to walk in newness, to walk in victory, and let yourself off the hook. Man, there was a time in my life, man, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I gave my heart to Jesus in December of 2006. Man, I was, man, I had, man, lost everything near and dear to my heart. I was losing my job, man. My wife was leaving me, taking our daughter. I was in a psych ward on suicide watch. I was a $600 a week meth junkie. Can I tell you something, man? I beat myself up and up and up for years as a believer, man, thinking, man, what can I do to get rid of that? What can I do? Man, to make up for that or to walk out of that or, man, it was accepting grace back on myself. It was allowing myself to be off the hook and not focusing on the horrible husband I was for the first 10 years of my marriage, but focusing on the godly husband God's plan was for me to be for the next 10 years of my marriage. So I had a choice, man, the same choice that each and every one of us has because of something that we've done in our life that we're holding on to. Each and every one of us has it. It's whether you've been let off the hook or you need to be let off the hook. Man, God's grace and timing go hand in hand. Listen, man, God's grace is not late. God's grace is not behind you a couple chapters in your story. Man, it's perfect. It goes hand in hand. And we see this in Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, but to give you a future and hope. Listen, man, this season right now is a time for you to give grace back to yourself, the the grace that's a free gift from God. Man, make this next chapter the best chapter that you've ever had in in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe, Maybe that's the next step for you. Maybe... Maybe you need to, uh, man, start serving or start giving. Or maybe you say, hey, man, my next step that I'm, that is we start entering in this time of reflection today is, hey, man, God, I need to give grace to my neighbor, man. He, he, man, he blows it, man. I'm mad. I need to give grace to him. Or maybe you need to give grace to your spouse or your kid or a coworker tomorrow when you go into work. You know, man, religions say that you must pay, but grace says that Jesus paid it all. And it doesn't matter. Listen, man, it doesn't matter how bad you think you've blown it. You know, man, the, the grace of God is sufficient. We see in Romans three twenty three through 24, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, 
which is in Christ Jesus. So what do you need help from today? What do you need the Holy Spirit to do in your life today? Again, man, it's maybe it's accepting God's grace for the first time in your life. Maybe it's, man, in this, in this time you'd ask God, God, show me how to give grace back to someone else. Man, God, maybe you just need to show me how to let myself have grace. Whatever that is, man, we're going we're gonna to pray. And we're going to ask God to, to just move and be with us in this time. So would you guys bow your heads? God, man, thank you for the gift of grace. God, thank you for a gift of grace that is truly sufficient for each and every one of us, God. Thank you for a gift of grace that doesn't matter what we've done, God, what we think we need to do, God, but it only matters and revolves around what you did. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, God, so that we could walk in victory, walk in freedom, God, that the chains would fall. So, God, as we enter into a time of reflection right now, God, I pray that you would stir, God, that you would, you would move, God, that you would just circle in the midst of us, God, that you would just blow your breath, God, through this place, God. Blow wind in our sails, God. Give us encouragement, God. God, give us the strength, God. Give us the wisdom that we need, whatever that is, God, to accept your grace, to give your grace to others, to give your grace towards ourselves, God. Whatever that is, God, man, maybe it start that relationship with you, God, today, God, whatever it is. Just ask that you move, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand and sing this last song with me as we reflect on what he was talking about um, and just think about the things in your life that you are insecure about and then you have been struggling with and to forgive yourself because God's already forgiven you. He's already forgiven me. He already died for our sins. So if you sing this with me.
You break my chains and you've 